What's up, guys? Welcome to another Paris, Texas, a podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Um, while you're here, I'm going to go ahead and throw out our sponsor. It is Maximum Elevation Off-Road. Uh, Colin Hadley's a good friend of mine. I love hanging out with him. Every time we get to hang out, we can't stop talking about future and, and ideas, and we're both kind of big dreamers. So uh, if you haven't gotten a chance, go check out Colin. They just opened his new shop. It's over uh, by Guarantee uh, Bank what is that street um, Lamar Lamar I was, I was going blank there for a minute on Lamar it's the old quick lube um, super cool facility all top of the line stuff in there go check him out uh, shake his hand get a tour you'll love it I've got a cool guest today um, Alan Hubbard say hi hi <laughs> uh, I'm excited to dive into this so where, where were you born here in Paris here yeah, in Paris I'm from Paris local yeah. awesome where so where did you go to school uh, all the Paris schools. All Paris yeah. schools. So uh, T.G. Givens, uh, which at the time, now it's Head Start, I think. It is Head Start, yeah, it, Back then so. it was the kindergarten. I did uh, Justice on the west side of town for first grade. Okay. I don't know how far back you wanted to go. Second um, grade, there were still actually ward schools. Okay. So I went to one that was called East Paris Elementary School. Okay. And then that all merged into Aiken Elementary School on okay. the east side of town. Uh, in about when I, when I was in third grade, so about 1980. Okay. And then Crockett. That was when I was born. Okay. It, you were born when I was in third grade. Yep. That's well, 81, so okay. you would have been fourth grade. Yeah. And uh, then, then Crockett, back when it was sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Okay. Paris High School, Paris class High School. of 1990. And you went to the Paris High School that's in the, the building? Junior, no, the junior. The, what is the, now the junior Now the junior yeah. across from the <clears throat> Dragon Park Correct. or whatever. Awesome. Um, okay, so what was your thing? What was what do you what were you into in school? In younger days, soccer. Uh, yeah, awesome. when I was significantly lighter than I am now and could run. <laughs> uh, played tennis a lot. And, and, uh, really? Yeah, I was a big tennis player and soccer player. I was taught how to play tennis, and I'm not good by any means, but by a one armed tennis player. No kidding. Yep. He would hold the rack under uh, under one. He had he had a partial right. um, amputee, so he had right. he had hold it under kind of his armpit. Okay. Throw the ball up with the under our other hand as his hand was coming down. Right. Grab his oh, his rack and then swing it. That's it was, awesome. He was a he was a very cool guy, and I cannot remember his name. Oh. It was back in my. It had to be twenty years ago when okay. I was in high school. Wow. Um, was so, it here in Paris? Mm-hmm. I bet I saw that guy because I was a regular. We lived around Paris Junior College, not too far away. Mm-hmm. So my stepdad and I were up there all the time. And then when I was bored, it was like, go to the court because they had a backboard. Remember mm-hmm. the backboard? Yep, I do. And, and I remember, I think that guy was there? being there. Yeah, because as you're describing it, it's not it's not something unfamiliar to my mind. I mean, yeah. How many times do you see that? Yeah. And he was good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember him good. And there was a guy with the last name of Edzards that played with him all the time. I played, I think it was Matt Edzards that played with that guy. Okay. So Mike Edzards was a phenomenal tennis player, and he was on the tennis team with me at Princeton awesome. High School. And he was incredible. Everybody wanted to be as good as Mike. So Yeah. Yeah. So did you go, like, did you go any, like, champion, not championships, but, like, State like no, I mean I won district with one of my good buddies when we were senior. When district. I was a senior, that's yeah, good though. In, in doubles, okay. But I mean that's as far as it went. Okay. Yeah. And then so did it shift when you got into like high school? Did you stay into tennis or uh, through high school? I was in there, yeah. But in college, I mean, I, Paris Junior College lost the tennis team or t- chose to do away with it when I became a freshman. Okay. I think. So in college, in college, yeah. Okay. So what 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 did you go to college for? I went to PJC. Uh, and I was mainly in drama and music. Really? Classes. Yeah. I, I was, did not know that. I was a dramatic 
type. Do you uh, still do drama stuff? Not anymore. I mean, it, it, it plays into every angle of life. But, uh, you know, Ray Carr was the, the theater director, and uh, he gave me a scholarship. And I had been in one-act play awesome. uh, under Jana Schull at Paris High. She's awesome. still there. And believe it or not, the tennis coach, Jim Davis, that I had for a tennis coach, is still the tennis coach at Paris High. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's really awesome. That is really awesome. Yeah. And then I went to East Texas State in commerce before it became Texas A&M Commerce. And uh, did sociology. It's okay. one of my favorite classes. Robert Thornborough taught me sociology at PJC, and he was awesome. And it was it lit me up. And I knew it wasn't going to lead to a career, but I didn't care. It's what I wanted to study. So wow! But you didn't take tennis with you to the. I did not. Okay, I did not. And I you didn't take. Did you take drama with you too? Um, just at PJC. Just at PJC, but not beyond that. I mean, I did, I've done Paris Community Theater in the way long ago. I met my wife doing a PCT show. What was uh, your favorite show you've ever done? Oh, boy. Uh, probably the most fun one was the one where I met my wife, doing a, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Okay. It was in 91. So yeah. I, I don't want to jump too far ahead no. of your story. Yeah. So what? You, how, how old were you when you met your wife playing in that, in that play? I was 19. 19? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, so. I, and I tell the story. I, was, I had been praying. I'm like, Lord... The girls in Paris know me too well. The girls in my circle or whatever know me <laughs> yeah. too well. Yeah. You know, I had a few days. Which in Paris is, you know, yeah, there's not too not, many. Not too, yeah. But that nobody, you know, I, anyway, I was just like, I, I need somebody who understands me. And I was whatever, confused, you know, 19-year-old yeah. confused, whatever. And uh, I want, and I had it down. I wanted a blonde. Oh, wow. I wanted her older than me. And I wanted her already out of college. And all this other stuff. Anyway. Is your wife any of those? She's all of those. Really? They... It was like the night I saw her, God tapped me on the shoulder and said, there she is. I'm not kidding. And it's and I've told her that story and she hates it because she's like, that's not how I, I know. She thinks she could have married anybody and she chose me, but whatever. Oh, my wife hates it when I tell our, our whole story. Oh, too. yeah. But uh, OK, so you so that's very interesting. So do you think it was like a God thing that like he sent you this image prior to meeting her? I don't know about that. I I would not, I, I don't know, it could be, but that's what I had in what I wanted yeah. in terms of, you know, and it sounds like a mail order bride kind of thing. I'm not trying to be like that, but no. it really was a prayer, you know, please send, send my wife to me, you know, and there she was. And I, I had to convince her, you know, but she grew up Church of Christ, real sweet, mm-hmm. straight laced or whatever. And I was a hellion. I was a hellraiser in, in my, <laughs> no. my definition. Yeah, I was a rebel and I had long hair and an earring and here she was this good little girl and I guess you know she was somewhat attracted to the opposite thing of what she was the bad boy yeah her parents were her dad was a diplomat in the foreign service and so they retired here she had been working at a junior college in Pennsylvania that went bankrupt so she came here for the summer of 91 to uh, catch up decide where she wanted to be and while she was here her dad saw in the newspaper that they were having auditions and he said while you're here why don't you go do a play and That's so she awesome. did, and there we went. We met, been together twenty eight years now. So did y'all start dating while y'all were doing yeah. the play? Yeah, first okay. date was on uh, was August third, nineteen ninety one. Wow, uh, I'm good with dates. You are Some good. Some men with are dates. not good with dates. I'm terrible but I'm good with dates. I'm a history buff. So uh, yeah, and then by May of ninety two, we were engaged and married later that year. Wow, that is so cool. And that's awesome that you're so good with dates because I'm names and dates, man. I'm out. Faces, I can remember a face forever. Yeah, me too on faces. And I'm not as good with names as I am with dates. That's what's bad. Yeah. Um, okay, so you did. You did. You're 19. You did the play. You you were going to call. You were at PJC at the time. Yeah. Um, 
Now, when you left and went to us, I'm sorry, what was the other East college? East Texas State University. We, uh, we all were still dating, right? So by you, then, I was married. By then, so you were I married. finished at PJC, and then I crammed two years into one in commerce. I drove okay. back and forth every day, had a full-time job, and did okay. 24 hours a semester. Wow. Because I was like, okay, now this wife I wanted, she is the one earning all the money, and I need to be the one to get, Do my, something. Du- get my ducks in a row. So yeah. I finished college as quick as I could. And So what was your first job out of college? Uh, Paris News. Really? In Paris News, yeah. Um, uh, actually, I interned with them uh, while I w- right as I was finishing. Okay. Uh, and then uh, we uh, in sports. Okay. And I wrote sports and learned the tricks of the trade and things of that nature. Then we moved to Austin uh, the, the month after I graduated from commerce, and I worked in politics. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you've got a son who's kind of doing the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, not, I don't mean to jump too far no, ahead, yeah, but just go all over the place. I've got an 18 year old. I've got I've got six kids. Oh my so goodness! So my number three boy, my third oldest son, is Elijah, and he works for E Paris Extra. That's awesome. And he kid. does sports, doesn't he? He does sports, and he's really into that. But he does a variety of things for them. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Uh, back to subject. So <laughs> six kids. When did the first kid come around? Uh, 95. 95. So I was 23. His name's Noah, and Noah. he works for Facebook, and he lives in Austin. Awesome. Yeah, he's a good. Guy. Works for a Facebook. That's cool. Yeah. Can he bump up my? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He he he's one of those. I think what he told me he audits complaints. Oh, uh, and that sounds like not fun at all. Yeah, I don't know how fun. And he also has to check apps to make sure Facebook ads are showing up on those apps. Okay. So uh, I guess among some other things. I guess there could be worse jobs. Yeah, there could be. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so Noah, and, and then, then number two is Jonah. How far apart were they? They're, Jonah is now 21. Noah is now 23. So two, two years. Two years. Okay. And Jonah is 21. And both Noah and Jonah were homeschooled all the way through high school. Okay. And so Jonah started school when he was three with us and ended up never getting off of that track. So he just graduated the University of Texas down in Austin last May when he was 20. Wow. And he just turned 21, so he is uh, he's also kind of That's impressive. finding himself right now and trying to decide what he wants to do. He got his degree in linguistics. Okay. And I said, very interesting topic, much like mine was in sociology, but yeah. what are you going to do with that? Yeah. Has he, has he figured it out yet? He has not, and that's okay. He's, what are the options in that? Well, really, with linguistics, you got to go on and get graduate degrees and do research and stuff like that. Okay. Because um, it's the study of languages in general, not one language specifically. That's super yeah. fascinating. And all the whole thing with how you use your mouth to make the different sounds and how those sounds are found in every language. It was really neat. As he studied, we learned a lot. And too. he found that fascinating. He did. He oh, did. Wow. He really liked it. How did you? How did you even get turned on to that? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where the genesis of that was. I just remember him deciding when it was time to decide on a major, that's what he wanted. Oh, so. wow. Okay, so number three. No, number three is Elijah. Elijah, he's 18, right. Yeah, works at E-Paris. And he's and kind he's, of... He's going to PJC also to okay. the paramedic program. So, paramedic. Yeah. Um. So, and then, so now number and four. number four is Zeke. Zeke is our youngest boy, and he is our soccer player. Okay. He's a freshman at Paris High. Yay. He looks a lot like the kid in Meet the Robinsons. Nuh-uh. Yeah, he wears the same glasses and loves to spike his hair straight up. And I think he's told me that's what he's known for at Paris High, is the, is the Meet the Robinsons kid. How was that kid's name? Is it Edward or... Uh, 
Maybe Eddie or something. Eddie. I don't, I don't know. Man, no, I think, Eddie I think was a somewhere. baseball player. I don't remember. Um, yeah. So he's kind of in your footsteps a little bit too with the soccer. <clears throat> Somewhat. And... Yeah, he's much better than I ever thought about being at soccer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good. Yeah. All right, so now we have girls. So then we wanted a girl, and my wife had done some mission work in Africa, and we hadn't had a girl, so we went and adopted a girl oh. from Ethiopia. And her name is Ellie. We oh, named her Ellie. Amazing. And she is the most sweet, amazing girl you've ever met. That's Just, awesome. She's great. She's tw- she'll be 13 this year. I keep trying to talk my wife into letting, letting us adopt a, a girl for uh, Finn to have a, a sibling close to an age. Close to, close to an age. Yeah. Because we've got amazing. two boys uh, that are uh, seven and six. Okay. So they're like 18 months apart. So they're really close. And then Finn came five years later. Ah. Um, Six years later, and I was like, he, he's going to need a friend. Yeah, yeah. Because by the time the, the older ones are leaving for out of high school, he's going to be the only one in the house. Right. And I've always had a huge heart for adopting. Yeah, um, we did too. So, I, yeah, I would love to, not now, but we get Finn a little bit older, but I'd love to research that a little bit. It's cool. We went to Ethiopia for a variety of reasons. It was, it was Africa. It was the least expensive at the time. We didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of money. They only required one visit back then. Now you got to go twice, but they only had to have one. And, um, and the uh, waiting period was not nearly as long. Yeah. Because so. some of them, I, I know <clears throat> Haiti is like really difficult. Yeah. And like China. China, you know, I think most people are like, all the girls in China that nobody wants, let's go get a girl from China. They had actually a weight restriction. Really? Yeah. You could not be a certain percentage of body fat over what your normal was supposed to be. And I'm a large guy. So we did that and it was two visits and it was like $40,000. So there was no way we could wow. have done China. So we moved on to something else. God, God orchestrated. Yeah. And of course. There's great course. opportunities everywhere. So Yeah. Well, yeah. I would love to research that down the road. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's Ellie. She's okay. the fifth. And then we, um, so we, we adopted the girl and we moved down to the Austin area in okay. Elgin where we were for the last seven years. We got down there and, and my wife got pregnant again and she was 45. Did I just say that? I did. When she got pregnant. I can with, beep it out. If she, yeah, you may have, well, I don't know. She might not. Anyway, and guess what we had? A girl. A girl. That's amazing. And that's our little though. pistol. Her name is Truly. Truly. After Truly Scrumptious on oh. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Wow, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so she is, uh, she's got my, she's, I'm wrapped around her finger. Uh oh. Yes. Uh, the youngest, the, yeah, the baby, the I'm baby, sure. And she's a girl and she's, oh. uh, I love them all, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love having boys, but I would really love to have at least one girl. But we'll see. We'll see what God's. You see what God does. Yeah. That's All right, amazing. so we got the kids covered. Yeah. So you're at the newspaper. Yep. And, uh, and then, so after we came back, so I went to Austin, worked in politics. Okay. Um, for the politics, politi- the political really? campaign season of 94. Who, who was Which who? is when the Texas governor's race is when George W. won okay. against Ann Richards. The company that I was working for was actually helping Ann Richards. Okay. Among several other candidates across the nation. It was a direct mail design company. So okay. we did a lot of graphic and I did a lot of writing. We did some stuff. Uh, to try to get the telecommunications um, industry reformed to pave the way for the widespread of the internet. Because okay. the internet was really a baby back then. And I did that. And then I worked for the University of Texas uh, in a, uh, as like a, a conference facility technology guy for about eight months. And then Savannah announced that we were having our first child. And we moved back. And I went back to work for the newspaper. Wow. So that was in 95. 
Still doing yeah. sports for the but newspaper? This time it was uh, just general reporting, and it ended up being primarily the crime niche. Okay. Because my undergrad was sociology and criminal justice. Okay. And um, and then the, they had a goal of being one of the first newspapers on the internet. So me and the graphic designer, whose name was Mike Maddox, we established the Paris News online uh, in late 95. Really? Yeah, so we were the ones who did that. So we, were y'all the first we in... We were the seventh, if I remember right, we were the seventh newspaper in Texas to go online. Okay. With a day, a daily, you know, it had updated every day. That's and, awesome. Uh, and in 1996, we won Associated Press Best Online Newspaper in Texas. Really? The first year it was awarded, the Paris News got it. That's awesome. Yeah. So. They just sponsored uh, one of my art pieces in my... Oh, cool, uh, in the 360 art, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they, awesome. that was super cool. I, I was super glad they jumped in on that. Good people. Uh, really Always good people. Always been a good company. Yeah, yeah. and I've, I've been in a... Uh, the, they have a magazine, too, called right. Paris Life. Paris and Life. They've, well, I say I, my beard, has been in oh, Paris yeah? Life a couple of times. Cool. So when they've done different beard um, segments, so right. I, my beard's more famous than mine <laughs> itself is. Um, awesome, awesome. So how long were you at the newspaper this time? Uh, till uh, late 97, and then it was really bothering me that I wasn't feeling like I was doing things to help people. Mm-hmm. So I went to work as a student advisor for under under uh, disadvantaged and um, disabled and first generation college students at Paris Junior College. Okay, it was a grant program, so I was there until about two thousand one, and then I went to work for the uh, agency called NetCata, which is the Northeast Texas Council on Alcohol and Drug Abuse. Awesome. So I was a juvenile drug counselor. Okay, um, until I went to work. And the district attorney's office when Gary Young took back, the DA's back to office. Politics. Back, back to politics and actually helping crime victims. So along okay. the way, I got my master's in biblical counseling. Okay. So I've got a master's in that. And so I was helping people. And this was a, a chance to really work with violent crime victims. Mm-hmm. And so I was with him from 2004 to 2011 when we moved to Elgin. And along the ways in there, I was also a worship pastor. Okay. <laughs> at small churches. So, uh, well, so when did you start singing? Oh, I've been singing since I was a little kid. I grew up at Emmanuel Baptist Church, and there, my grandmother gave my mom tapes of me singing when I was five and six years old at church. So. Do you play any instruments? Guitar, bass, drums. Wow, a little so few. bit of keyboard. Wow, very well on that. But. I can't keep a beat for nothing. <laughs> I've got a lot of other talents, but mu- like music is not one of them. Yeah, well, I don't know that I'm really a musician as much as I'm. I'm, I'm decent. They, I mean, hey, that's that's something. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Fun. So awesome. I did that, and I was in churches that were really small, so it was called bivocational. Okay. So, you know, I had a full-time job, and then I was also doing the church thing. Okay. Uh, I was at uh, Trinity Bible Church, which became Calvary Chapel. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Which is where my family goes now. And, I used to uh, work there. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. A few, know. like, three, four years ago? Sweet. Five years Sweet. ago? Good people there. I love, yeah. uh, love listening to Pastor Phil. He's a really good teacher. I was there before him. Okay. Like, right right before he came, I, I, I left there. But uh, Drew Little's a friend of yeah. mine. Yeah, I love Drew to death. Um, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of them were good friends cool. of mine. So well, I, my mother-in-law has been there since before it was Calvary Chapel and then throughout this. And oh, so, okay. Yeah. I was at Mount Olive Baptist Church out yeah. in Reno for about nine years. And yeah. then we moved to Elgin, and I was just on staff. My, I finally, I'd been praying a long time, God, I just want to do just church work. Okay. And he gave us a chance to do that. So at First Baptist in Elgin, down right outside of Austin, I was the worship and administrative pastor for seven years. Wow. 
And did you like it? I did very much. And then I started saying, I, now I'm, I'm late 40s, uh, 47. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do something different. And uh, my our friend Leah, Leah, who had been one of the youth group members at Mount Olive, where I was, the, yeah, I was the youth pastor. Weird circle. She went to the Papua New Guinea in Australia when yeah. we left for Elgin. Yeah, and so we kept in touch and support. And when she moved back, she said something's going on in Paris. I don't know. Can't put my finger on it because she and I had both commiserated about being a Parisian. Yeah, and all the stuff we wish could be changed. And she, when she came back, she said, "There's something in the water at Paris. In Paris, it's it's there's bubblings. Mm-hmm. There's things brewing." So she said, "You ought to think about coming." back and so we kind of wanted to be closer to family that's so awesome she actually uh, suggested that i apply for my current position have we been down enough roads of careers now i mean you're about like me i've had a lot You've of had careers. a lot, the, yeah. oh, a lot yeah. of careers yeah. um and if y'all haven't uh, don't know who leah emerson is she's been on this podcast just uh, awesome. go back scroll up and you'll find her <laughs> she's up, up there somewhere yeah yeah um, she's great. She's a great, great. But we, I've never worked so well with person. We kind of have a little uh, video partnership in the side. If we ever do big projects, we always do them together. So, uh, and I enjoy doing that. And I think Elijah's came and done a few projects yeah, with us too. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they're bigger, uh, I, I, I mean, I do a lot of the. I, she has some of her own stuff, and obviously works for E Paris, right. and then I kind of do my, all my video stuff. But if there's a big project, we kind of come together, and we like doing that. Um, but uh, uh, so so she got you to come back. She, she was the impetus, well, the primary impetus to say, you know, look a little harder at hometown because we were. I was like, I'm not going back to Paris. We're gone. I don't want to go back to my hometown. I've done that. Let's just do something different. Not really because I didn't like yeah. the town as much as I just wanted to do something different. But I applied to probably 20 churches. Yeah. And no, nobody bit, and it was like, okay, God, what are you doing? Here? Yeah. You know. And then he opened up the downtown food pantry, and they were interested enough, and I applied on, on Leah's encouragement, and awesome. that's where I'm at now. So. Um, I find it fascinating though. Did you feel when you first got here? Did you feel the bubblings as well? I did. I do, and I see them, and it's really cool. And if you could do anything to people that are like my age, mid late forties, that are uh-huh. from Paris, and if they're thinking about anything different. Look at coming back home because something is going on and I can't put my finger on it, but it's cool. There's an energy. I've, I've recently got super involved with downtown and stuff. And I mean, within the past like eight months to a year and I feel it too. I I mean, I also, I I mean, I moved away as well, but I was a kid when I was living here, so I didn't pay attention to anything. Um, and I, and I've said this a few times and I don't mean this in the wrong way, but it took me traveling and seeing the world a little bit to realize how much I truly loved Paris, Texas. Um, and, and, and now I'm just head over heels about changing, you know, some of the things that have been negatively, uh, bestowed upon Paris and how, how does, how do you go about that? And and just building our community to be stronger and something I'm super passionate about. So I find that super cool that Leah and you both had visited home and then felt that even as it was kind of in its infancy of coming, uh, bubbling back up. That's so cool. I think a lot of credit to that from my angle um, is Paul Allen. Oh, I think you probably agree. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, interesting story about him. You want me to tell it? Yes. I would love you to so tell it. So when I was, I don't know what I was doing. I also guess, been on this podcast. Oh, I, I haven't listened to his yet. Yeah. He's, a, he's one of the first, I don't know, five or 10 ones. He's oh, at the cool. very front. I'll have to go back and listen. Well, he was, uh, one of the principals at North Lamar mm-hmm. for a while. And I went to something there one time and I guess I was feeling a little bit too self-righteous that day. I haven't told Paul this yet. Oh, but he was singing a song at an assembly for the kids. I think it was like an end of the school thing. And it was, it had some lyrics in it. I, mm-hmm. think, I can't remember who sings it, but it says a, a big old pile of shift work. 
okay. some country song. And I okay. was like, why would a, a principal be singing a song that has kind of an innuendo in there, you know, yeah. about stuff? But uh, I, I did give him a hard time about that because I didn't know him at all. But I was mm-hmm. like, that doesn't seem right to me. But then I heard nothing but great things about what he did at North Lamar. And then, of course, now at the chamber. Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. So I have my own funny story. Good. This happened Tell this him. this happened this this week. Okay. We're sitting in a a meeting with the city, uh well with the chamber, because that's who he works for. And um we're talking about some of the upcoming events and we have this uh a downtown golf um a thon type. Yeah, the thing. mini golf thing. The mini golf, yeah. 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 So if anybody's into mini golf or even golf, like the the, the city's gonna do for Saint or for Saint, Saint Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. Yeah. The weekend, actually, it's yeah. a two-day event. There's going to be golf uh, tees put up in different uh, businesses downtown. So we're talking about how different how different ways we could get people to come in to say maybe the chamber, even if there's not a golf hole there, right. you know. And I said, well, you know, dude, you should do a a, a photo booth. I was like, you know, it'd be funny is if you dressed up like a leprechaun. <laughs> And Paul Allen as a leprechaun. He said he would do it. Uh, he will. And I said, I will he hands will. down take the photos for free <laughs> if I have to. Yeah. If you dress up like a leprechaun, yeah. like yeah. I'll do it. And so um, I think if I think there's I think this is going to happen. There's a few people that are going to try to make him do it. So That'll be fun. y'all should, if nothing else, y'all should come down for St. <laughs> Patrick's Day to see if Paul Allen's dressed up like a leprechaun. Uh, and I apparently he's 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 no shame in his game. That's cool. Um, that's awesome. All right. So how long have you been at the food pantry? First uh, of September. So literally so Labor, Labor Day of 2018. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm an administrative awesome. type of guy. I was an administrative pastor. So it's you know basically overseeing the business operations and the donations and making sure everything flows smoothly. Um, I actually made a video for the food pantry. And Gosh, I've seen it. It's good. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, five years ago. Yeah, we're, um, we've been talking about needing to re-up that. Yeah. And get something new and just to freshen it up some. Yeah. It's still probably, even though it's kind of dated, it's still one of my top favorite ones I've worked yeah. on. Because um, I did, I, I partnered up with another guy on that one and we worked together. And I, I, I just, something about it just really, it's touching the yeah. the way John is in yeah. the... John in Kirkman, the, great yeah, guy. Yeah, great guy. And he was funny uh, behind the scenes a little bit. He was sick that day, oh. so he was sniffling. Um, but it, the way it portrayed on the video was almost like he was tearing up a little bit. Oh, okay, um, but it was actually a sick sniffle. Snick sniffle. Uh, sick sniffle. sniffle. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tongue twister. Um, but uh, that that was a. I mean, it. You guys have a really cool organization over there. It's amazing. It's a. It's such a well-oiled machine. And when I came to interview, I was more looking at them than they were looking at me mm-hmm. to see is this something that I want to be a part of and. It, from from the operations director Chuck Burton, who's amazing. He's he he really keeps things rolling. Yeah, it's just it's it, every cog turns and is greased and needs to do what it does. And then uh, I think y'all have a board member, Greg Key. Greg Key, great guy. He's now our president. Oh, president! president. Of our board. Yes, awesome. President Key. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. A good friend of mine. We're we've been friends for quite a while. Actually, we worked at Calvary together. Okay, okay, back yeah. in the day. I so, um, yeah, he's he's a great guy. It's it's an awesome organization. People volunteer to help come in and yep. help stock the shelves, right. and so it's a community-driven uh, a nonprofit, which really I love is. because you really bring in the community to help achieve what you're right. trying to achieve, which is really, really cool. And those volunteers are all on board with the whole mentality of treating the clients as with as much dignity as possible. Right. We thank them for coming, and you'll get strange looks from them like, well, you're giving me this food for free. Why are you thanking me? 
because we care. Yeah. And, and it's it really is. It's a very happy place. Um, the volunteers. We have over 200 volunteers that That's help awesome. in the rotation. And That's awesome. Yeah, we do we do some good work. And y'all get quite a bit. I, I saw a picture. I can't remember where it was, but y'all get quite a bit of donations of food from different um uh, uh, grocery stores and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, we do. You know, and we buy most all of it from the North Texas Food Bank. Okay, that's really, right. That's really, right. we call it's it's actually paying a transportation cost is all the delivery fee really because it's not mm-hmm. really paying for it so much as it is receiving it. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're we got so many amazing partners in Paris with that that want to do canned food drives for us, but also we try to tell folks money. We make money go a long way. Ten dollars at Walmart that somebody wanted, or or any grocery store, we can turn it into close to a hundred dollars worth of food. The way we purchase in bulk and feed multiple and families, feed multiple families. That's and, amazing. And so, yeah. So if you ever just um, listeners, if you ever find somebody who's looking for a place where they can get food, they can go to yep. the food pantry. There's two days a week, right? Tuesday afternoons and Thursday mornings we distribute, and there are no income requirements. There's nothing that you, you have to fill out a couple pieces of paper, but nobody is turned away. And there is there's a line, but once you get through yeah. the line, you get to shop just like you would right. shop in a grocery and store. It's a, similar. Yeah, it's similar. Very similar. It's very to similar. It. Yeah. There's and there's some food pantries. There's two there's two kinds of pantry. The kind that puts all the food that they can give away in a box and gives it to you and says right. thanks for coming. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then ours is is where they have choices. So a family, um, you know, representative will get a shopping list mm-hmm. based on the number of people in their household. They can have. X number of proteins, X number of vegetables, grains, etc. all the major food groups, and they come through, and we have choices. So yeah. there might be eight choices of protein that day, and you can have any four of these. Right. So you figure out how many you want, etc. Instead right. of getting a box of something that right. you don't know if you like or don't Correct. like or are allergic to and right. are not allergic to, you know, you can actually sit down and pick what, what right. suits what you know, your family. And what you know you get, there you go, what yeah. you know your family will eat, yeah. Uh, that's amazing, and it's a really amazing nonprofit, um, uh, and that's awesome. So uh, I'm trying to think of uh, what's your favorite place to go in Paris, Texas? It can be anything. It can be Ooh. shopping. It can be eating. It could be anything you want. Oh favorite place goodness. to go. It could. It could be. It could even be a um, uh, a landmark. If, like you like parking outside of the Eiffel Tower. It could be that. That's a pretty cool place to go. Um, wow, you threw me one. It's hard to narrow it, narrow it down. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. Um. I think the PJC tennis courts. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, do you, you still play? I, I can. I can. I have to stay a little bit more. Hit the ball where I'm at. Don't hit it all over the court so that I can get to it. <laughs> but I'm not as fast as I once was. There's just a lot of really good memories there. For but me. you still have rackets, and if oh, someone yeah. challenges you, you, oh, yeah. you go out and play. I will with them. gladly go and embarrass myself. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And it probably just has some like nostalgia. Of, it like, does. You know that whole area. So I grew up. I spent like. From fifth grade on, we lived on Polk Street, which is right there, uh, the 2100 block of Polk Street. Okay. And so I would sneak out, and thankfully Paris was a much safer place. You know, the whole world was a safer place. Yeah. And I would put on my Walkman, my cassette Walkman uh-huh. with the headphones. Which are coming back. Which have are coming s- back. Have you yeah. seen that I cassette tapes? Those. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I would walk. Uh, with your Walkman. At two in the morning with my Walkman and, and venture around. And it's back when Snap Fitness was a 7-Eleven. Okay. And I would make my way with my dollar fifty, you know, yep. around the PJC campus listening to my headphones and uh, and go to 7-Eleven. And there'd be, you know, one person working because it was a 24-hour place. And I'd get a, an RC Cola and a Snowball, uh, you know, ding-dong kind of thing. And, yep, yep. And, the and pink, right? The pink, they were pink, yeah. Yeah, I remember. And then just gradually make my way back and sneak my way back into my bedroom before my mom knew. 
that I'd snuck out. But uh, our greatest song. Here's a really cool thing. Dark, walking around that area down there listening to Don Henley's The Boys of Summer. Really? That song. That does I mean, it for it's you. It's soundtrack. You know, I'm big yeah. on soundtrack. Oh, I'm a huge film score. Like that. Oh, yeah. That's my jam. Like, that's I'm, cool. Like, if I'm playing music, I mean, I'm either playing podcasts, a book. I'm big on, on audio books or, or film score film radio. Scores. Yeah. Have you, did you know that one of the biggest Hollywood film scorers is from Paris, Blake Neely? No, you, you need to check him out. Blake I will Neely, look him out. He uh, he was a senior when I was a freshman at Paris High, and we were in a band together for a while. He was our drummer. There's still some Neelys around here. Yeah, I wonder yeah, if well, he's got he, his folks just moved away recently, okay. so I don't know if he's connected to all of them. But he's his uh, studio is called Cow on the Wall Studio. Wow, it's in Los Angeles, and he's done for King Kong for one of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. He's huge. Do you remember back when Metallica? Had to be scored for the London Philharmonic Orchestra. Uh, yes, yes. He, he conducted that live recording. And he's, and he's a Parisian. And he's and when Vangelis did the live thing at the Acropolis in Greece, Blake was the one who took Vangelis' songs and scored them for, I guess it was the Athens Symphony. Wow. Yeah, Blake Neely from Paris, Texas, and he's awesome. And I played in a band with him. No. Yeah, no, yeah, I did. When y'all were young. Yeah, when we were young. Yeah. When, yeah. He's a great guy, though. He's a phenomenal Super smart, musician. I'm, so, I'm assuming. Super smart. You should check him out. Okay, Blake Neely. Yeah. That's awesome. I will check him out, because I, I do dig um, film score. Yeah. And now, for those listening, film scores and soundtracks are two different things. Correct. Um, Correct. You know, sounds, sound, uh, fil- uh, uh, soundtracks are more like... Uh, Smash Mouth and and Shrek, you know, like yeah, that's a that's right, a soundtrack. Right. Film scores are more like the orchestra and yeah. the like the I don't know the emotion that you the, get behind right. a scene, setting the tone, setting the, the tone. Yeah. You know, Star Wars is gonna be there like bum 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 bum. That that's yeah. your score. Yeah. Um, and it's a I've always thought it was weird. Um, but I've actually lately ran into multiple people who also listen to film scores. So, oh, cool! Yeah, I, I was getting. I had dentist worked uh, a couple weeks ago, and she was asking me if I wanted to listen to music. And I said, "Yeah, sure." She's like, "What kind of music do you listen to?" I said, "Well, I'm weird. I'm film score." She's like, "No, me and my boyfriend listen to film score music all the time." I'm cool. Like, really? Wow. Super off the. Anyway, I have this bad habit of getting off onto me. That's no. Hey, that's cool. Um, we get to know each other better. Yeah, I've always seen this more as a conversation. Um, I, it is an interview, but it's I like it being kind of a yeah, conversational. People enjoy thing. that more than anything. Um, so for the food pantry, just one more question: like any, is there any things you guys are looking forward to in the in the future? Like something new, something different. Keep on keeping on. I mean, it, it, and you say that, and and, and I like the board really wants that. You know, we we could branch off into doing clothes and providing other kinds of stuff. Let's do one thing and do it well. Yeah, Simple, that makes sense. Simply and, and really fine-tune that and tweak that. So um, last year, in 2018, we gave out 2.2 million pounds of food Ooh. to uh, 12,250 people in just under 4,000 households. And we didn't turn anybody away. Here's what's interesting. that We gave out more food last year than we did in 2017 and any year before, but to about the same number of people. However, about 1,500 of the people last year were new. So about 1,500 families from one year to the next didn't need us, but then we needed. We found 1,500 more that did, and nobody's turned away. And that's right. the only uncontrollable variable we have is who shows up yeah. and how many they are. So we gave more food 
to about the same number of people. So we want to keep that going. Yeah, makes sense. We want to make sure that they have as much as they need to offset any kind of hunger or food insecurity issues as possible. So give out more food to as many people as show up. Yeah, I love it. That's our goal. I love it. All right, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Hey, you bet, man. It's been fun. It was great. And believe it or not, you thought it was going to be boring. Well, me. Not not podcasts in general, not you, but oh, me. Oh, okay. I, I don't think you're boring. Well, I think, hey, oh, okay, have you kept track of how many like jobs you've had? Sorry, side oh, note. Gosh, One more no. question. No, I haven't. I'm in the 50s. Wow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, had, I've kept track of how many cars I've had. How many cars have you had? 30. 30 cars. Yeah, because I get bored with what I'm driving, and I just go get a new one. When the Bauckhams owned the Toyota dealership, I was there once a year wow. for something new because it was just, or different, you know, used. But I'm going to go give it Everett your, your uh, yeah. contact information. <laughs> I already told Brenda I don't have the money to do that anymore now. So, but See, uh, okay, so the, with me, just to clarify, like it wasn't that I couldn't keep a job, so I kept getting new jobs. I was, I was always been a person who worked multiple jobs. Yeah. So at I would work, time, yeah, sure. at the same yeah. time. So I'd have one, like, long job that I have for three or four years, but right. then I would pick up a weekend job right. or a night job, right. um, and then I would work two or three jobs at a time, and right. I'd wear myself out yeah, I did to the point too. of, like, I just can't do this anymore. i got to back off. So yeah. I'd back down to one job, and then I'd be like, crap, I missed the money. So the, I'd go get yeah, another, so you <laughs> go get the another job. The most I've ever had was three. when I was, I was full-time at the junior college, and I was also on staff at a church, and I was a guitar instructor and had 10 students. A week. I've had three. So. I think the most is probably three, but I've had three at various times in my life, like two dozen times. Constantly like, rotating. Yeah, yeah. I've like, I, like even when I first got married, I went out and got two new jobs. You know, like yeah. even after we'd been married and we were about to have kids, I went out and had three jobs. Like I just, I've always just done that. Um, and now I think it's what made it easy having my own job, career. Right. Um, as I am Broadway because I'm always out hunting jobs. I'm basically right. always out yeah, hunting yeah, jobs. Yeah, yeah, That's what I do. God set it up the way that it right. be. And you got to put food on the table. I do. You got so, a lot of kids, man. Um, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm sorry. We keep getting sidetracked. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thank you, Alan, for being on the podcast. Man, I loved hearing your story. It was really good. Um, as always, we try to put out a new podcast every Monday. So just, we'll see you next Monday. Check in, see who's going to be next on the podcast. If you're ever interested in sponsoring the podcast, I do have sponsorships available. Um, you can always contact me through uh, social media or you can email me at um, broadway at iambroadway.me. Um, and, or just grab me on the by the arm next time you see me. No, no worries doing that either. Uh, I do want to have a little sneak peek. Uh, Valentine's is literally right around the corner, and I have a very special guest for Valentine's. I'm super excited about this, um, and and I was a little shocked that this person agreed to be on my podcast for Valentine's. So we'll let you guys try to guess who that might be. Um, it's not too hard to guess, um, but um, I'm super excited for this person to be on my podcast. Uh, so And that is it. So we'll see you next Monday. Bye, guys. Whoa, 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 wait one more minute. I want to give one more great shout out to my sponsor, Maxim Elevation. They're a great company. If you ever need your uh, Jeep or your off-road vehicle worked on, he also offers things for that are for vehicles that are not on off uh, an off-road vehicle. Go check him out. Go, if nothing else, go check out his new facility over over on Lamar Street by uh, Guarantee Bond Bank kind of where the old blockbuster is if you guys yeah, ever remember where, the street from all that yeah, yeah um i always remember the, i love the old blockbuster yeah it's like 
a thing when I was a kid. It's, they don't even exist anymore. Oh, anyway, Maximum Elevation, Colin Hadley, super good friend. Go check him out. He's amazing. Uh, his his service is amazing. His dedication to his product is amazing. Uh, and and that's it. Thank you, Colin, for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, do you know you know one thing about him? What's that? He was raised by some really good really good parents. His dad is Bart Hadley. Which, if you're from Paris, Texas, you know Bart's name. He's probably the best mechanic in Paris. Really? There's a lot of good mechanics in Paris, but Bart is so, known. He is inside and out. Can tell He can walk you through anything about a car. And he, I mean, this is his son. So you got to know, he, Colin knows what he's doing. Knows what he's yeah. doing. It's in the blood. It's in the blood. That's awesome. And I'm pretty sure in his podcast, if y'all haven't checked out Colin's podcast, it was a couple couple podcasts before. In his podcast, he talked about even his son now is super fascinated oh, with cool. vehicles. And I mean, he's still young, but he's super just into it. So I, I'm willing to bet that's going to keep on being yeah. in the blood. So that's awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys later. Bye.